Episode 19, Hacking Charging Cables, and also LastPass Vulnerability. All this and more. Before we get into the episode, a word from our sponsors. The first piece of information I definitely want to get into is how researchers have made a lightning cable that can hack your computer. Hacking through USBs have been around for many moons. That's why USBs are disabled at companies. Things like key loggers, malware, viruses, Trojan horses, all types are loaded onto a USB and can cause all types of havoc. Now, what makes this lightning cable so unique that is different from the rest? A security reacher by the name of Mike Glover, who reported works for Verizon Media that goes by the name of MG, has developed a modified lightning cable that hacked someone's computer, which was first reported by The Verge and also Motherboard. Now, this item here is a lightning cable that looks identical to an iPhone. But what makes this device so much different from the rest is that it has a wireless access point inside the USB connector. This USB connector gets connected to the computer, which then again, just like a normal USB, takes over your computer, supposedly over your computer. The way you're supposed to work is when the cable is plugged into the computer, it is then triggered remotely to attempt to steal a user's login credentials or install malicious software. I could only imagine what you're thinking right now. It's like, hey, I've heard about this. Hey, I've seen people stick USB thumb drives into computers and, and whatnot. But the thing is that you have to consider is that the USB dongle or this little device can actually cause havoc onto your computer without you even knowing it. It actually looks like a lightning cable. Now, the thing is that you have to consider is how, how you're protecting yourself. Are you accepting other people's lightning cables? Where do they get their lightning cables? If someone gave it to you, are you willing to use it? Now, there's a bunch of questions and a bunch of theories of how this could be used and utilized. However, if you're buying an actual uh, device such as this one, which Hack5 is getting together with MG to develop something of that for $100 to be sold. Now, it is not illegal to obtain this and it is not illegal to use it on yourself, but it is illegal what you do after if you attempt to go into someone's phone or remotely wire yourself into someone's computer and install malicious software. The thing is about these, it's been around for almost at least a decade. A lot of these capabilities and a lot of attack surface is really nothing new. The NSA has been known about this. So it's not something that's just like, oh my God, I should really worry about where I get my USB dongle or my USB uh, C or lightning cable. But what I will say is like what it is that you're doing to protect yourself from actually being a victim. Now it further states that Hardware hacking history includes a modified Apple USB-C laptop charger that could hack a user's computer and a USB thumb drive that literally explodes after installing malicious software. I will consider a thought, but before I do, let's consider a disclaimer first. I do not condone or approve any methods to harm other individuals. Now, my speculation is, is that it might be something small. It might just go pop or it might be an explosion enough to hurt the person that's, you know, near you know, their legs. Normally, uh, the plug is either behind you, next to you, or to the side of you. Who knows what this might be after you install it and the malicious software just decides to explode. Now, the intention of having something like this, at least what MJ had mentioned, is that the cable was used by security researcher. 
It's pretty important to know that he is not just selling them just to sell them to people just to have. But theoretically, buying it includes a bad actor, which would be risky, as I mentioned before. Is that those who own it can own it as long as it's in their possession for themselves for education purposes or just for their own knowledge. However, going beyond that and, and attempting to hack or infiltrate somebody else's device will be a federal offense. Don't quote me on this one. It could be an offensible um, item. Now, MJ further mentions that he is hoping that by documenting his work and selling the cable at the store where security researchers already shop, those researchers will think to defend against the malicious USB cable ahead of potential attackers. Now, here's my thought. Now, what becomes very slippery of this is that now he's he's not just making the documentation or at least providing the documentation and, and in hope that he gets the documentation in return by the security researcher. But what makes this really slippery is that he's selling this device by with Hack 5 for $100. My idea behind this is that he's actually looking f- to make a profit out of this. If it were me and if I was making something of this, I would definitely come up with the schematics how to do it, basically, the blueprints of how the device would be inserted inside. So with that being said, all of this can be put out on online so that anybody can go ahead and either search for it. And for a small minuscule of a payment to you for this discovery, in most cases, most people will not be able, if you were a good person, you would not be selling this for a profit. However, I know in zero days, they make millions. However, this discovery that you have made is nothing new. But I applaud you for making sure that people of research are doing something great with this, such as defending against potential attacks. On to the next topic. So now we're going to be talking about LastPass. LastPass is a software that you can store or at least have a method to come up and curate passwords for you. Not only you're able to come up with password, it also encrypts it within your phone or anywhere else it's encrypted. The thing is that you have to understand with LastPass is that as of recently, as September 12th, there was a bug that had revealed credentials entered on a previous visit site. But there are people who are speculating that this might have gone a lot longer than, than what it originally stated. Now, the thing is that you have to consider is that not only this is a vulnerability or a problem, it is now patched. So not to worry. What things have they done to fix this? Now, I'm going to go ahead and read this verbatim on LastPass. So at least like that, you kind of have an idea what LastPass is saying about this vulnerability. It states here that our team recently investigated and resolved a bug affecting certain LastPass extension. Travis, a security researcher from Google Project Zero, responsibility disclosed the issue to us. He reported reveals a limited set of circumstances on specific browsers extensions that could potentially allow an attacker to create a click jack click jacking scenario. To exploit this bug, a series of actors would need to be taken by a LastPass user, including filling a password with the LastPass icon, then visiting a compromised or malicious site, and finally being tricked into clicking onto the page several times. This exploit may result in the last site uh, credentials filled by LastPass to be exposed. We quickly worked to develop a fix and verify the solution was comprehensive 
with Travis. Now in bold letterings, it says here is that we have now resolved the bug. No user action is required and your LastPass browser extension will automatically, to say this again, automatically update. Additionally, while any potential exposures due to the bug was limited to specific browsers, Chrome, Opera, as a precaution, we're deploying the update to all browsers. We know that LastPass community is very security savvy, but a reminder, LastPass continues to recommend the following general best practice for adding online security. Now, I, before I get into these sections here below it, I definitely want to first mention that security should be number one in your list. As I mentioned in my Instagram, I mentioned about making sure that your telephone number is separated from your bank account, such as making your main number separate from all of your other accounts. So if you are logging into your mortgage, it should be your primary number. And if you have your friends and family, that should be that number. Separating the two would definitely de benefit you in the long run, especially when you're recovering for your password. I also would also recommend things like separating emails, such as if you have to log into your bank, that will be a separate email, such as mortgage or rent or anything that requires some sort of payment or IRS billing to be your primary email account. Everything else should be something that could be ABC123 at yahoo.com and make that your friends and family or anywhere else or anything else. And if you want to be able to test other websites that require a such an email, then guess what? You have that other email at your disposal. So if anything happens to that email, nothing, um, you can care less about it, reset it, and then that's pretty much where it sits. However, what makes it that much more difficult is when you try to recover from your primary accounts to say, for example, you kind of forgot your password and you set your 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 other your alternate account to retrieve the password. And it, it so basically there's a way and a method to know what other accounts you want to recover uh, passwords from. So the attacker will know about that. But let's jump back into the blog post here. It has it listed here as one through four. So number one, be aware of phishing attacks. Do not click on the links from people you do not know or that seem out of the character from the trusted contacts and company. Number two, always enable MFA for LastPass and other services like your bank, email, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Adding additional layers on a thin uh, authentication reminds that most effective way to protect your account. Number three, never reuse your LastPass master password and never disclose it to anyone, including us. Number four, use different unique passwords for every online account. Keep your computer malware free by using antivirus with the latest detection patterns and keeping your software up to date. Now, if you're new to security or somewhat are in the mindset of security, the thing is that you have to consider is like we're we don't know what's real and what's fake. But sometimes if something's being sent to you, you have to worry where that information is coming from. Most likely, you could definitely tell by misspelling. You could definitely tell by the link itself. And if it just doesn't look right, it doesn't seem right, doesn't smell right, then guess what? Call the person who sent it to you and ask the question, did you intend to send me this? Now, I would always question, 
all of these things around me before I go ahead and click on the link. I normally ask the person and say, hey, did you intend to send me this? And if they say no, then guess what? I can just simply just remove it from my inbox and just call it scam or spam. Now, this recently happened to me where I had an individual send me uh, an invite and that invite had taken me to an Instagram account that looks almost identical to Instagram to have me log in to that account. I didn't trust it. I asked the individual. Then the individual came back to me and said, yeah, I've been hacked. However, it hasn't been resolved. But it's no here, no there. But either way, use a different unique password for every online account. I cannot stress enough where you have to separate your accounts from other accounts. The way to do that is to use different passwords. And the way to also do that is to use different email accounts. So like I said, you have your primary and your alternate. Things like your bank banking, your Twitter, and Facebook. This is my idea of separating it. This is my opinion and the way I would do it. For my banking, I'll have one primary for banking and or anything that has loans like student loans or credit cards. I'll have it for one. Now for Twitter, Facebook, and anything else that's like social media that I want to try, I would just use that account to make sure that I can get into uh, my Twitter as far as burner, and these are the things that I would consider burners. So like you're signing up for a website, you don't want to give your actual email account. So what you would end up doing is, is using that burner. So you probably end up getting a bunch of spam, some random texts or emails from that website. Now it would take you a little bit of time to clean this up, but at least you'll have it and you really don't care. You don't see it. However, if your friends and family want to go ahead and email you, you have a dedicated uh, email account for just that. If your bank wants to email you at, at any point, and if you're trying to recover a password, I, I would def definitely recommend having that email just specifically for that and never, ever give it out. But other than that, that is the episode of the day. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe to this. Make sure to leave me uh, a review, or at least leave me some type of comment. And if you're looking or wondering how you can get on this episode, just go ahead and uh, go on uh, anchor.fm or just go to minimalisttech.news. And from there, you'll be able to just drop a couple lines verbally or vocally or by voice. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at minimalist underscore T3. And until then, I'll catch you guys on the next episode.